0: Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs.
1: What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am Brett McGrath. You already know that. I appreciate you listening. It's Friday if you're listening to this on launch day. Turn it up. Let's go. I'm excited. Another weekend. Hopefully, you're all enjoying some family time, some sports cards, some sports, getting out there, firing up that grill. Hopefully, it's a Traeger. If it's not, ask me some questions. I'm having so much fun within the hobby. I'm having so much fun having conversations with each and every one of you. I'm excited about this conversation I'm going to share with you today. Today, I reconnect with an old Stacking Slabs friend, my man Chris Keller from Top Shelf Breaks and Top Shelf Sports Cards. The reason I like talking with Chris, it's twofold. Number one, we like the same thing. We're both into business and marketing, both like music, both into sports and sports cards, both have a lot of love for professional wrestling. The second part is he is in the unique position of not only being an LCS owner, but also a breaker in the digital age. I'm excited about this conversation and to share it with you. We talk about adaptability and why it's really, really important, no matter your position in the hobby, to be adaptable. Right? We can't settle for the status quo. Stuff is changing and moving around us. And we have to adapt to that. We can't just sit back. If we sit back, the hobby's gonna pass us by. And don't be a cardboard curmudgeon. You know what I mean when I'm talking about a cardboard curmudgeon. It's those folks who've been collectors for 30 years who are upset about people breaking and upset that people are making money off of cards. I don't have any time for that, and I'm sure none of you do either. We love collectors. I'm a collector. You're a collector. If you're investing and not a collector, there's a problem. But with the way things are moving and how the market dynamics are all all happening, you really got to be adaptable. So I'm excited to share that with uh, you all. We also talk about just hobby boxes and the prices and what's happening. And we talk about upcoming product releases. We talk a little bit about wrestling cards, which is exciting, something I want to talk more about on this show. And we close out just talking about the blue check mark. It's a lot of blue check marks that are entering the hobby. And by that, you know, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or TikTok, whatever social channel you're about, it's those people that are verified. They've got an audience. We're seeing that. We saw the everything happening with Wahlberg. I got a blue check mark follow. Shout out Adam Lefko if you're listening to this. Appreciate you following stacking slabs. Really enjoy your work. It's incredible. You get to have conversations with Dwayne Wade. It's funny he dropped something recently that I saw where you know D Wade he was educating D Wade on the card market, and you know he wishes he would have you know kept some of his old cards. Certainly, don't we all? Don't we all? Can't we all wish we were back in two thousand three and had a bunch of those cards. But shout out to Lefco. Shout out to everyone who's following Stacking Slabs. Chris Keller, one of the good dudes in the hobby. I'm telling you, you got to break with people you like. And Chris is certainly someone I like. And if you're looking for a break, go check out Top Shelf. It is not just about the cards. It is about the community. And he is a hell of a host. Hopefully you enjoy this uh, conversation. Let's Sit back, relax, and let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. It's the Friday Hobby Hustle conversation with a reoccurring guest. So we have Chris Keller, who we talked to back in May, believe it or not. Chris is with Top Shelf Breaks, Top Shelf Sports Cards. I've talked a lot about breakers on my show, and definitely Chris is one of those dudes that I like to communicate, talk with, get my finger on the pulse, does some awesome entertaining breaks. We have a lot of common interests, whether it's marketing, professional wrestling, music, sports, you name it. So I was sitting at home trying to plan for next episodes and I figured, you know what, now's a good time to reconnect with Chris. So Chris, how are you doing this
0: Friday? Well, that was a great intro, man. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back. I think you're right about that. It's a good time.
1: It is. Sports are back. I think that, I mean, last time we spoke, I know people were buying into your breaks. There was uncertainty around sports in general, but now we're back. How has, I guess, the chat and the communication in your breaks been now that we actually have people dribbling basketballs on TV screens?
0: Yeah, it's definitely different than it was when we spoke originally, because like I said, I used to have the TV on and you can hear the basketball in the background and you were talking about, you know, Uh, multiple home run game or triple doubles or buzzer beaters and things that wasn't happening. So now in chat, yeah, it's live. It's real time. We're able to, to talk about the day of sports. We're able to talk about some achievements that were made by the players and who's in first and who's battling for this. So it has definitely sparked up some conversation and just a little bit more excitement about sports in general now that they are back. And I'll just say this, I'm kind of weird about some th- certain things. And I was concerned about watching these games with no fans. Like I was happy to have the sports, but in the back of the head, I'm like, ah, it's just kind of strange It's you know, I'm, I'm focusing on that. And I know other people were too, but I think they've done a good job at giving you that realism because in the backyard, I, I put it on the Bluetooth and I can listen to the Cubs game while I'm out in the yard or hanging out with the boys or whatever. It sounds still like a baseball game. Do you know what I mean?
1: It's unreal. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and I was having we I was walking evening stroll with my wife yesterday and we were talking about sports being back and I was telling her how happy just like mentally it's made me and especially NBA and I told her that whoever is Adam Silver obviously is at the top but whoever's responsible in the NBA for picking the resort and creating the bubble that they did and then the presentation on top of it. It has exceeded my wildest expectations. I'm so glued in and dialed in. And I think they've just done an unbelievable job at, you know, creating the product and giving fans the product where it feels like you're close to the players. It feels like you're close to the action. You can hear the noise, you see the virtual fans. And Mm -hmm. I think it gets me excited when I'm done, you know, with work every day. So I, I can just hop in and watch sports. And I just think, the NBA. And, you know, I've watched less baseball than probably you since I know you're a Cubs fan. I just think it's good mojo for everyone that we have sports back. And I think it's a testament that they've done a hell of a job in the presentation.
0: It's impressive. And what it really comes down to, I think this is a little, a little campy, but it's really the triumph of the human spirit that they're fighting back and found a way to make that really cool for the fans. Because in my head, I pictured like an overhead shot of you know, a big, giant, empty arena. And it just t- totally quiet, you know, like just watching guys play ball in the gym. And, and they did an amazing job of keeping everybody safe and healthy. My neighbor is a cameraman who's contracted by the NBA to shoot the uh, the games. So he had to leave his family a month ago and he's there for the whole duration. And he texts me every once in a while. He has to eat like, you know, in his hotel room and he's back and forth to the center but he said it's an extremely impressive event that he will never, ever forget. And that he's happy to be part of happy to be part of an event like that during a pandemic. So <laughs> they're doing a great job over there in that bubble. It's just really impressive.
1: 100%. And I think, you know, just to put a cherry on it. I keep thinking about it. It's like, there is going to be an NBA champion and there yeah, is going yeah. to be a finals MVP. And people will remember who that is probably more than any other year. Oh, yeah. So it's, you got guys like LeBron, who you know he's on a mission to get that title in LA. And then you've got teams like Houston who are in full arcade mode, but the game seems to be at a higher pace where James Harden and Russ Westbrook. So it's like Toronto can't give them enough credit, but just these teams are coming together. And I honestly, for the first time in a long time, I have absolutely no idea who's going to win this thing. And I think that makes it a whole lot of fun for fans.
0: It's great. And baseball, you know, like I said, to be able to hear it and follow it and track it. And, you know, it's different because of the number of games being played or stuff like that as far as the stats go. But there's just a whole new set of stats. It's just the COVID stats and how many home runs they had in 60 games. So I'm just really happy that it's not kind of weird and dumb because if it's captivating me and I'm watching it like I like normally would, let me check the scores. Let me check on my phone. Who's in first? Who won? Who lost? You know, who played today? Who pitched? How'd they pitch? It's, there's nothing really different that I'm doing now than I did during normal, regular seasons.
1: Totally. So. And yeah, no, totally. And I think just maybe a good, just like lead in point would just be, to, I'm someone who buys into breaks occasionally. I'm not someone who goes out and buys hobby boxes, but I know the demand on just product and the hobby boxes right now is just at an all time high and you've got just all of these different types of personas. And I think you sit in an interesting position because you're not only a breaker, but you're someone who owns a LCS. And it seems just for my sentiment, there's this you know negativity and competition going on between some people who own stores, some people who breaks, and there's this back and forth on why are you getting product? I'm not getting product. And I felt like maybe that'd be a good launching <laughs> off topic because you kind of sit in the intersection of both. What's your perspective on just the product demand and just from a breaker and a local card shop owner's perspective.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a a hot button topic kind of thing right now. And I'm going to pause for half a second before I go down this road. Okay. So, geez, where do I start with that? Okay. There's hobby shops out there who have great respect for, just as I do for the record stores back in the eighties that were the corner record shop. And that's where you went every day to hang out and look through the records and buy your patches for your jacket and do all those things. Same thing with the hobby stores that had been around for a long time. What happened was industries changed. The music industry changed. It was no longer vinyl. It was no longer cassettes. It was no longer CDs. It evolved in the technology. And that's what happened in this industry is that there were a handful of guys back six, seven years ago when I started that, that led the way. Right. They figured out the technology, how to stream live, what it looks like, how to run the randomizer. They figured all of that out and stuck with it and made it work. Those are the trailblazers. Those are the Mount Rushmore of breakers. I saw that and I thought this is going to be big. I want to start doing that and getting involved. And I told my family, my parents, everybody, it was going to be what it's going to be. Meanwhile, what I think happened was a lot of the hobby shop owners maybe didn't embrace that right? They're just like, I have a hobby store and that's what I do. So now fast forward to today to answer your question. What's happening is there's hobby shop owners that are looking at their allocations that they're getting every week for new release, Wednesdays and Fridays, and they're getting a few boxes versus a few cases. And that's causing a lot of controversy and they're starting to lash out. They're starting to have rant videos about breakers literally saying, All the products going to the breakers or to a person with an iPhone. If we could show you this studio, my setup, this is more than just an iPhone. I just would like to clarify that just like my buddy Doug did. So they have to embrace the technology and I feel bad for them. Gee, who doesn't turn their phone off during a podcast?
1: <laughs> so it's someone who wants to buy into your uh, break or wants a hobby box yeah. of Chronicles.
0: It says potential spam detected. So I have spam detection on there. I guess it's, uh, I've been getting a lot of those calls because I got a domain. And once you get a domain, it's over with if your phone number is in there. So back to what I was saying is the product is being uh, sent out in larger quantities to the breakers because we are consuming that product real time, release day going through multiple cases in a day or two, and not to mention a week and over a course of time. So there's hobby shop owners who are upset about that. And I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair that breakers, group breakers have figured out a way to sell a lot of product in one shot and on the air. And the manufacturers, Brett, are really no different than say a record company. A record company is not going to take all their resources, all their product, all of their artists, and go put them at the corner shop with the guy who's still selling vinyl and cassettes and casingles. They're gonna go where the large volume of traffic is. They're gonna go where the large volume of sales are. You know, they're not gonna waste their product on somebody who's just going to flip it, quite frankly. You know, and that's what it's come down to, I think. If they have opinion that, all it's breakers with just an iPhone are getting all the product. Well, my opinion is it's just shop owners who wanna flip product and make extra money and not give it to their consumers. So that's my opinion on it. That's where I stand. I have great respect for people that have shops for 30 years. I mean, can you so, imagine the things you could do if you had a shop for 30 years? I'm two years or so. Totally. If I would love to have been established for 30 years. The live totally. group break events you could have, the promotions you could do on the internet, and apparently they're not doing that. So totally, I, get, no,
1: I think you're, that to me, what I, I heard your response for me, it's, It's like with anything, it's just adapting to the times and changing. And it's like what you said about record companies, like people have many computers in their pockets and they can open up Spotify and search any song and listen to whatever they want. And just that's the access and just the way people are approaching cards and the way they're entering are digital now. They're seeing Mark Wahlberg post pictures on Instagram. They're seeing people like Gary Vee, Talk about sports cards. So that gets them interested. And instead of going to their LCS, they're maybe doing research and going through Google and finding group breakers and dipping their toe in that way. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just a shift in what you're describing a shift from the normal thing being people going and walking into stores and buying boxes. And I think you're suggesting, because you are one, we're not trying to eliminate local card store owners. It's just evolving your process and strategy.
0: Oh man, if you had a card shop, like I have to, you know, luckily the group break portion of, of my business is probably 90%, especially during the pandemic. And I don't have to be open, okay? But I want to be open. I open this for the kids, for the community, for my kids to grow up and learn about running a store and retail and all those things that come with it. It's hindered right now. But ultimately, you could utilize the technology and stream everything out. And there's just so much you can do. And I feel like some would just rather be sour and get mad at everybody else because their business is not up to the level of quote breakers when it, it could be, if you don't know how to do it, find some young whippersnappers that do know how to do it, (laughs) right? (laughs) I mean, that's find someone that does, Hey man, I need someone to figure this out for me. Let's do it. Here we go. Show me. But maybe some people don't want to embrace change and they would rather continue to sell CDs and singles and wonder why the world is advancing past them.
1: Totally. And I think like from my end, I'm not in what I'm doing in the hobby, creating content. I am someone who's buying slabs, buying product. I get this mentality and I talk about this a lot, how there's just very, this reminds me of the various persona types of people, whether you're just, you identify yourself as a collector, you identify yourself as an investor, you're a flipper, maybe you're some of all three. And there is this sentiment, I think, too, from not everyone, but just people, I, everyone's been nice ever since I've been back doing stacking slabs, learned a ton. But then you'll run into specific people that have been collecting cards for, you know, 30 years and they've got boxed full of cards and they're consuming their whole house and they're super passionate about having those pieces. and And that's great. But then their opinion on everything that's changing around them is that it's and that people mm-hmm. shouldn't be buying these cards and they shouldn't be going up in value and people shouldn't be doing their breaks. What it you you make describe, sense, man. It's it weird. Doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. So, I, what's the happy medium? Like, how can we all work together to help fix some of these um, mentalities that are- Well, they are got limited. it. They have
0: to just be honest. I mean, I've had to leave groups, okay? And I'm telling anybody this because I don't think anyone cares or it doesn't matter, but it's relevant now. I couldn't take the complaining anymore about not getting certain products or that the manufacturer is quote, making them take uh, garbage pail kids or making them take opening day or making them take these certain products. You are a 30 year card shop that is targeted towards kids and family. And you're complaining that you have to take garbage pail kids in opening day baseball and stuff in order to get other certain products. I mean, what sense does that make? Take it, find a way to sell it. Stay, build relationships with your manufacturer. Build relationships with their distributors. Not be negative. There's been there's so much money flying and coming into this business and going right back out. That anybody who's complaining right now about anything, you are. I don't understand you. It doesn't make sense. You should be happy. You should be riding this wave like a surfer in freaking Hawaii. You know, just enjoying it. Instead of trying to find the negatives,
1: yeah, no, it's it's just weird. I'm with you, and I think I try to keep up with (laughs) all that you're doing and being very, very active digitally, very active on your Twitter, and making sure people know who. It's not like come do this by into my break, but you really like you were you were tweeting pictures of you and your family at you know the national. It's like you're trying. You care about people that might not know you or might not have worked with you, getting them to understand the type of guy you are because people are interested in not just going into these breaks to try to hit that, you know, that Zion card, but people also are spending a lot of time and money in that. And they want to enjoy the breaker and enjoy the community around those breaks. So can you, maybe like, Mm -hmm. let's just say like, I'm a card shop owner. I've worked at a card shop for 30 years and I don't understand like, building a brand or trying to get people to understand who I am, can you maybe like talk about what your process is and why you're doing the things you're doing and like what retention means to you?
0: I do. And I think you don't want to overanalyze and overthink things. Okay. In business, there's going to be those who just may be a little bit more versed or better at maybe business and marketing and promotion. Okay. Maybe that's not for everybody. For me, The heart of it for me is pretty simple. It really is. I just am myself. I'm just authentic. I just do what Chris Keller does and what I want to do. I don't put a whole lot of thought into it. I'm not there sitting looking at different charts and graphs and A test and B testing things I tweet out. If I'm with my family and we're out and about and it's a great photo, I'm going to put it up and I'm going to share it with everybody because that's just what I do. I don't want it to always be about breaks but I don't even consciously think about that. But if I do think about it, I'm like, well, yeah, you should try to mix it up with your family and just be authentic and be yourself. Now, maybe there's people out there that that's not their personality, Brett, like that's not in their DNA to be maybe outgoing and personable and and love sharing their intimate details about their daily life or their shop or their whatever they're doing. But you can find somebody who does, you have to find somebody to market your which then becomes your business. And someone told me a long time ago, I say this every podcast, every interview, it's really all about relationships, real relationships. So a way to build relationships is helping others. You know, when your sales rep comes to you from your distributor and says, Hey, my bosses are on my butt, right? They want me to move some of this stuff. I mean, I bought like three cases of screwdowns from like 2002 that wanted to move, but." I think there's some people who may say, I'm not taking those, why do I gotta take those? I'll take them, no problem, man, I'll help you guys out. Send them over. Hey, Chris, we got this extra, take it. I'm building relationship, rapport and respect for with them out of genuine respect as a salesperson. And I think a lot of people are too black and white and they're only seeing their side and you're not thinking about that other person's livelihood. You're not thinking of your sales rep who's sitting in a meeting and wishes he can raise his hand and say, Chris will take it, no one else will. And I do, and that goes miles. But it's not gonna kill my business. I'll find a way to sell them. I'll find a way to use them. I'll put them in the mail days for my guys and give them a screw down, it'll be kind of funny. Maybe I'll put vintage cards in it. I'll come up with something, but it's relationship. And I think a lot of people miss that boat because they don't know how to build relationships. They don't have strong people skills. And sales is people skills and relationship building because then you become friends with those people. And guess who likes to do business with each other? Friend. People who are friends. <laughs> so that's what you want. You don't want it to be transactional. A lot of people are just so transactional. Oh,
1: I love it. I love it. It's the yes. worst. That's like you completely you're missing my, it. You're speaking my language there. And I think if I've learned one thing out of this whole freaking experience of 2020, it's mm-hmm. like you got to open your mind and it's not just about your point of view and perspective. There's so many others. And mm-hmm. just even like in some. A segment is small. what well, seems big and growing because you're in it every day, but a segment in the world is small as sports cards. It's like the last, the least you can do is just open your mind to someone else's perspective.
0: Yeah, and that should come naturally to to people and it doesn't. To me, I guess it kind of does and I definitely know it does for you. That's really what you're all about. You know, your agenda is like not first and foremost when talking to you and off the air and stuff. So that's good. But I think a lot of people need to focus more on that and really take a step back and say, man, I want to help this other person. I want to make their day. I want them to be the star this week in their sales meeting. You know, I want to take a couple extra things for them that I know is maybe not the biggest seller, but you will sell it. But that comes with being a good salesperson. So if you're not a genuine good salesperson and you don't have people skills and you don't have relationship building skills and you're not really good at all that stuff, well, then quite frankly, honestly, maybe it's not for you. I'm not good at architecture. I suck at it, but I'm not going to go to architecture school and try to be an architect. I'm not good at it. It's not, it's not my thing. So you have to kind of be honest with yourself and realize that maybe a certain segment of your business is not for you, but then you need to go find somebody who is.
1: Or you could be like George Costanza from Seinfeld and pretend you're a good architect. <laughs> you
0: could. <laughs> let's yes. talk,
1: let's jump over and let's talk about products. Cause I know products are just mm-hmm. being released like crazy. I know you have your sheet. I know we talked a little bit about this before we hit record, but maybe paint the picture. It just seems like whenever anything new is released in any sports, I'm part of Patreon groups. I'm part of, you know, communities online. And it just seems like no matter what it is, people are just salivating to get mm-hmm. their hands on it. Are you seeing the same thing on your end?
0: Yeah. And I, I know that my fellow group breakers can would echo the same thing. We have a a Facebook group, and we're always putting up stuff with like people holding their eyes open, and like you know those kind of memes because we're just going full bore right now. You know, everything we put on the website sells out. It doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if it's chunky, shiny, baseball, basketball, soccer. WNBA is coming out. I'm sure that will sell out. So it, it's just booming still from you know a couple months ago podcast. It doesn't matter if you break that down into a little subset. I do see more of an interest and maybe a little bit faster sales for shiny things. That would be the chromes, the finests, the uh, prisms, stuff like that. Those do always do well. Also, probably a portion of that is the grading craze that everyone's trying to get into. But it, yeah, Brad, it doesn't really matter right now what the product is. Chronicles Racing, I put it up on the website yesterday. It sold out literally within 30 minutes. Chronicles Racing. So it's filling time. People are at home and they're, they're filling time. And this COVID thing has, there's nothing good that's coming out of the COVID. There's nothing, zero. But business-wise, it opened up a door for people to get into this hobby. And, you know, there's a lot more important things out of this than this. But it did, by human nature, have people at home and looking through their stuff and then Googling and finding group breaks. And they're getting in. It's really crazy.
1: Yeah, that's from my perspective. And what I'm seeing is that people are, there was no sports, people Mm -hmm. are learning about the hobby. They're finding people like you, that it's not only a sense of entertainment, but it's also a chance to get some cool cards. And then I think it's interesting to me as I'm observing this, because it seems like people are learning through being a part of breaks, which is really cool, I think, because and the thing I like to talk about, about breaks and why I think they're a super positive thing in the hobby is because it gives you the opportunity to not only look out for yourself and try to get some cards, but you have the opportunity in those rooms to meet other people and learn more about mm-hmm. product if you're new to it. Yeah. So I, I think that's cool. Now talk about maybe sports or is I would imagine maybe basketball. It's like you put it up and it sells out. Is, it, is that how it's moving?
0: Yeah, put up the basketball, it sells out. The thing is with basketball, I have to be, you can't do like a whole case break of basketball. You can't do a you know, crazy mixer like we used to do with 15 boxes because it the, the spot price starts getting upwards of three, four, $500 a spot. And me personally, I try not to marginalize people with the perception that everything on top shelf is $400 a spot. I try to reach a level where everybody can afford it so it's smaller amounts of breaks with the basketball.
1: I got to ask, what's some cool pulls you've had over the last, you know, yeah, few weeks?
0: Well, you know, Zion, there's this guy. Have you heard of Zion Williamson? He plays for the Pelicans. <laughs> he's a rookie. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, I think think before the bubble, I might have saw a picture of him in a mask and yeah. he looked well, he's Well,
0: he's from Duke. He was going to start. Then he got injured. He sat out half the season. He came back, but then this disease struck and it sent him back on the sidelines. Then he left. He had a family emergency. Then he's back and they're running for the playoffs. Everybody wants his card, Zion Williamson. And also uh, John Morant. So some of the bigger ones we pulled are of those players. I mean, we just had some Chronicles, a uh, little mini mixer the other night and we pulled the Zion Williamson Chronicles. It's like a quad patch auto. Mm-hmm. and It was numbered to 49. And then we had a John Morant out of the Chronicles to 99. Two boxes. One was in each box. And one of the bigger ones we hit, I remember, was release night of Revolution Basketball. I think it was maybe the second break of release night. And I hit the Galactic insert from Revolution. And wow. you got to remember, Revolution came out kind of in the early days of the basketball craze for Zion. And so it was a local guy who hit it and he took it down. He was at the Tops event in Texas and took it in and got it graded. And it came back a 10, the Galactic wow. Refractor. Wow. So that thing is, was big time money. And we hit the regular, you know, National Treasures I didn't do too well with. National nobody Treasures did. It seems like <laughs> so, nobody did. Where are all the cards? Yeah, no, the National Treasures. I said, guys, that's it, man. We We tried, but I don't think I'm going to continue with the National Treasures. And I actually just sold off the last of my National Treasures basketball. So that's gone because there's five more products to come out yet or so. There's Encased Basketball, Opulence. Contenders optic and immaculate and flawless. So the big dogs have not even really come out yet next to national treasures.
1: What can you, can you talk about? Like the I got a couple of questions. Just to <laughs> okay. I guess from your from your perspective, when you're pulling those those monsters, like how does that like what's going through your head? Because you open like you open up so yeah. many packs, and you're trying to service customers. Like what's going through your head when you see a Zion potentially ten galactic?
0: It's very, very thrilling and very exciting as if it were were mine. And it's a good feeling as as a host here that we're live on the air. And I'm going to tell you something people don't think about. Everybody wants to be a breaker. And it reminded me of this. I was watching Deadliest Catch, which is one of my favorite shows. It's a really good season this year. And they have all these problems that come up along the way. But it looks kind of cool. They make a ton of money. But the one, the captain said, oh, so everybody wants to be a crab fisherman, right? I feel like so. Everybody wants to be a group breaker, right? Well, you do because it's sitting on the air and you're having a good time and you're pulling Zions, you're pulling Ja Morant's and you're pulling veterans and cool stuff. But the downside of it is when we do a break that the spot price was $295 and we get nothing. So there's the reverse side of that, Mm bread. It's exciting. I hit the music. It's a big deal. There's a Zion. (laughs) There's a Ja Morant. There's a Peyton Manning, whatever it is, Brady. But I also have to sit on that very same camera with everybody watching that just spent $295 and we got points Or we have, you know, KZ Akpla or something. I don't know. Maybe he's awesome, but that just pick the name. So it go, it's it's two-sided, man. And that's where I reached a point as the owner that some of this product has reached the prices too high, Brett, And that I, I can, what am I going to do? Put up one box of, I just don't like doing one box of something mm-hmm. because- you're not getting the full experience of a large group break. It's done and over with. I mean, this choice stuff has one pack and like six cards, but it's fifteen hundred dollars. If I'm buying it for fourteen hundred, what I got to sell it for close to that? So then you're you have two choices, Brett. If you are rebuying product now at this exact moment, the first week of August, it's going to cost you eleven, twelve, thirteen hundred dollars to rebuy any of the basketball stuff, mosaics, optic choice. Select, Spectra. So that's what it cost us to rebuy it because I'm out, right? I ran out of it a long time ago. (laughs) So if I'm rebuying it at $1,200 a box, first off, a case is going to be 1,200 times 12. So you're looking at a lot of money to buy a case. So I'm not putting that kind of money out. So now to sell it, if the market price is 1,300 or 1,350, after your PayPal fees, after your time, after probably having to insure the card because it's probably a monster or two in there and FedEx, you're really not working on any good margins. And I'm not all about margins, but I'm about time. So if I'm expected to fill up time on the air with those products that I'm charging, A, a crap load of money for guys to get into, B, run the chance of nothing being in there and having taken their money and being mad on the air and grumpy, and C, not making much of a margin. Why do it? And so I'm starting to shy away from rebuying the product and just going to try to stick with the new release stuff that comes out lower to start. And I could still make a pretty good margin on.
1: Listen to you. You're, you're making real time observations of what's happening and you're adapting.
0: <laughs> I think yeah, it, I this am.
1: episode might be called adaptability. With it, that's Kelsey. what you have
0: to do. It And you see things and you feel it. It's a gut vibe. It's a gut instinct. And I really love my customers and my guys. If you're listening, thank I tell them every night, so grateful and gratitude that they actually spend their money and come in my breaks. And that is why, and people have heard me say this many times, I would suck as a blackjack dealer in Vegas because people are spending their money. Yes, they know exactly what can happen, right? They totally get it. They totally get that they could buy in this big break and nothing may happen. But what happens is over time, and if that product that I'm opening, Brett, if that product that I'm opening doesn't return even some sort of value, even if it wasn't you, it's one thing if you buy in and you get skunked or you get KZ Akpla or whoever it is. I'm just saying that because maybe he'll turn out to be a superstar next he year. Might. And we'll be chasing his prism silvers.
1: I'm sure it will happen.
0: So you like, wow, I got two KZ Akplas. But if there was nothing for the whole entire break that came out, that makes it doubly like annoying and bad. And I don't like that.
1: Totally. So, I because see. if
0: it's one thing, if the product was cheaper, if it was a $400 box, uh-huh. we start getting up to a $1,500 box, $1,600, and it's a stinker and it happened eight times in a row. That's not a good look that I want to be part of.
1: No. And I got to shout out to your customers because some of them end up following me and mm-hmm. sliding to my DMs. And I got to shout out one right now. So, Mike Janeway, he, uh, he's he been a supporter of stacking slabs ever since you've been on. and. He, man, what a nice guy. He heard me talk about Luka Samanic in one of my episodes and he just slid into my DMs and he's like, Hey, I got some Luka cards. Thanks for all you're doing for the show. Send me your address. And I'm like, dude, no, you don't have to do that. And I, this week I just showed up in my porch and I got to send him, it was a good reminder. I got to send him a thank you. Yep. His package just came and it was just a thank you. And I was like, that just means the world to me. So The I the your audience and the people you're working with are just really good people, and I do appreciate. Well, it's relationships
0: because when I went down to Texas for the Tops event, he he lives down there, so we were able to connect and went out and had some barbecue in Texas when I was down there, and so was another customer, Steve. And these are guys that found TSB four or five years ago, and you know I'm thinking, hey, I'm coming into town. I would love to meet you guys. Let's go to dinner and get some barbecue. So Mike came out, Steve came out, a couple other guys. That's how it works, man. That's what you want. That's so, cool. So wait a minute. You like this Lucas Samonic guy?
1: Yeah, I actually I was high on him, and then I actually one of my episodes. So Jordan from Sports Card Analytics, we were talking about him, and he did some research, basically saying that there was an uncertainty if he was really passionate about being a basketball player. Okay. So it's just some like theories around him. My mentality on him was all right. He's a European. He is. I've studied him a little bit. He looks like his game can translate to the NBA and hell. He's on this he the rights, the Spurs have him, and the Spurs have a track record for taking Europeans and making them into something. So I was like, this is a nice lead. I'm gonna follow his story. So that's kind of where it all came from.
0: And then he gets a card without his name on it. Wasn't there one of him? There, in,
1: yes. Wasn't that him? him? And, yeah, him and Kendrick Nunn, I think, out of the optics that
0: Yeah, I thought it was funny. That was Kendrick, no autos for Kendrick Nunn. He gets none. <laughs> and his name is like there's one guy who's going to get his name not on the card it's none no dude you have none your name's not on any of these cards none of them
1: have you pulled his uh yes from chronicles the we prism? did
0: we did to 49 it was for my buddy martin he's a he's a big basketball spot buyer here and he did he got the one to 49 apparently it's a five six seven hundred dollar card and then he got a couple other of the regular ones but yeah it was the prism number to 49 Wow. of Kendrick none
1: yes yeah, so Kendrick Nunn with no autographs and no name on the card is looking like he's going to be on all NBA first, all rookie team. Wow. So yeah. He's, I mean, in that Miami heat team is just, they're we're, tough. So what? A we ball. love it.
0: We love when that happens. It's like by design, you know?
1: So the the other thing I was going to ask you when you're talking about all this, can you t- talk about those, like all those monster NBA products that are coming out? What's the timeline? Like, is that the next month, next couple
0: months? Yeah. It's, I would say within the next four to six weeks, The schedule has changed a little bit. It was actually supposed to be in the next two weeks, we're supposed to have opulence and encased basketball, but they moved those back two to three weeks. But in the next four to six weeks, we'll have opulence basketball, encased basketball, with the graded slab card in encased. I mean, think about that, pulling one of the nine, five, tens of one of the big rookies. WNBA Prism is coming out, and I'm not sure what that's going to be like. That goes back to what I was talking earlier the sales guys called me and they're like, Hey, do you want some WNBA prism? And I was like, well, my first thought is no, I don't. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, it really helped things really would look good for Panini and and, in here with us. And I said, well, yeah, I'll take it. So we'll see what WNBA prism is all about. I don't see how it could not be good years ago,
1: bro. I think it, I think it's going to be what you're seeing right now in the hobby is, absolute, complete expansion. It seems like it's just dudes out there doing it. There are females that are in it and they're interested and it's only going to grow. I think, I think that product is going to do very, very well. I think so
0: too. So see, I look good because I said, okay, I'll take them. I'll take two (laughs) or three cases each for you guys to help you out. So now there's going to be, you know, shop owners that are probably like, I'm not taking WNBA and they're going to miss the boat again. And then they're going to be ticked off and it's going to be well, they asked you nicely, can you help and take your portion of this and help us move this stuff? And you told them no. Now you're never going to get
1: a chance to get it again.
0: No, you're not going to get a chance to get it again. And they're not going to probably think of you when they do their allocations for the next big product because you didn't help them out, man. So we'll see. I'm excited for WNBA Prism. I have a feeling too, Brett. I do have an uncanny gut feeling that there's going to be some chasing going on for the big players in, in NBA Prism women's basketball. And then Contenders Optic, which is a shiny product. That should be good. Pick, you know, those gold numbers, to 10. They're like the most beautiful cards made. Contenders Optics, to 10. I love them. And then, of course, Immaculate, Basketball, and Flawless. Immaculate Basketball seems to be on the similar trajectory price of what National Treasures was, but Mm -hmm. there's an extra box in Immaculate. There's five boxes. They're throwing you a bone. (laughs) And they threw us a bone. But there's also less cards. Remember, that's the only reason I don't care for Immaculate. I think it's really only like six cards per box. But Immaculate and NT and Flawless are the three big ones, of course. Opulence is a kind of a little sleeper product. If you remember that from last year, they have nice big booklets in there and and finals patches and stuff. So those five are yet to come for uh, the year of Zion and John Morant.
1: What a hell of a year and a ride. (laughs) I'm like... I'm on the, while I do love watching both of them in terms of the investing and collecting, I'm on Team Ja. He's my favorite player. I love watching him play. I've been following him since college. And his the cards in the old school Grizzlies uniforms that they have in various products are awesome. So it's been, I know they had a hit with Jerry Jackson Jr. going out. And I know they haven't won a lot in the bubble yet, but they're still nope. hanging on to that A spot. I'm hoping- that they can hang on to that. But like Dame Lillard in Portland looks like they're gunning for that. So yeah, it's they, fun to see how it shakes out.
0: I think the Grizzlies lost their first four. That fourth game was with the Pelicans. I like what they did with basketball, by the way. If you look at the standings, they have those little green and red dots. Did you see that? If you look at the standings at NBA.com, they have all the teams in the line at eight. And if you look over to the right, it shows – games and whether they've won or lost it's really cool and easy and simplified oh, i
1: didn't see that i gotta yeah. check that
0: out so they got the dots you know red for loss and, and green for win so you can kind of look and see who's winning and who's losing just at a quick glance and w- where they're at I, I like that so i can see that the pelicans have won more than the grizzlies just totally. just the thing that they added somebody came up with that idea
1: totally uh, i know. think you know basketball could be talked about forever but maybe one of the things that I know my audience has an appetite for, and there's been a lot of DM sliding on this, but just maybe just talk about a little bit about wrestling and wrestling product. I know, mm-hmm. I think, you know, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing, this is the, ever since I've been back and doing the show, the one thing that I have noticed, and you're a confirmation of that is, there's a lot of people out there that do sports cards, watch sports, and then they're also wrestling fans. And no one has ever really brought those two worlds together. And I think with sports cards, like that's a great opportunity. There just really hasn't been a voice or a platform. And what I'm finding every time I dangle out something to do with wrestling or wrestling cards, I get 15 direct messages talking about, hey, man, thank you so much for talking about wrestling. Like I've been dying for something that talks about wrestling and sports cards. And it's like, Back to what you were saying, I do it just because it's all I know and it's me and it's what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. But like I'm finding this massive opportunity just with cards. And I know they've been doing wrestling cards forever, but I think there's going to be a lot of growth just in the market with people that pay more attention to wrestling cards and want to buy in and get their hands on them because they're sitting there watching it every Monday or Wednesday night or whenever they're watching wrestling. So what's your perspective? I know you're a wrestling fan, but just like wrestling and sports cards and just the potential.
0: Well, we're seeing a little bit, you know, a lot of times the collecting is tied to the current events of that sport, whether it be baseball, basketball, stuff like that, playoffs. Wrestling right now is kind of in a lull, of course, obviously. And, but that base, that foundation of core fans has gone nowhere, I'm finding out. Tommy here that works at Top Shelf, Top Shelf, Tommy's a super big wrestling fan. So I think there's still demand for the products, if not more, to fill that void of wrestling being kind of in a weird place right now and just even take out the COVID element of no fans and no live events. It's still, I'm speaking WWE here, seems to be lost its course a little bit. Hmm. I've been watching AEW. I don't remember if you were following them or watching them.
1: That's my, yes. Oh, okay. Good, time.
0: good. I'm a few weeks behind, but I will catch up. So there's some products out. WWE Transcendent landed today. Should be walking through these doors any minute. That is the Mac Daddy of all products. They did it for baseball, and they changed up some things this year for Transcendent. One of the big prizes, so to speak, and items to get in Transcendent, Brett, was the ticket to WrestleMania in a yeah. VIP experience. Well, they changed the schedules all around, and they did it for SummerSlam. Originally, a couple months ago, pre-COVID, it was for SummerSlam. Now that, I mean, there's still going to be a SummerSlam, but not to the level that us fans know that it's going to be, with the experience and the weekend and everything that comes with it. So right now they're offering a VIP experience through Tops and the WWE. Whatever it is that they're going to do is going to be awesome. But you have to understand that they just cannot pinpoint exactly what that's going to be. So in a case of Transcendent, you get 50 autograph cards. You get a one-of-one one guarantee. There's a John Cena subset. And this year, Brett, you would love these. And so will your fans following. You know the medallions on the belts, yep. right? There's a medallion. They always change it with the logo. Like if it's Orton, it's, this, you know, his, his Viper and stuff. Well, they have a little mini autographed two of those signed. No way. Yeah, yeah. And the checklist came out. We should see who's in it, but. It's going to be inside of the transcend. So somebody will win that. That will be one of the items. So I take all the items in this product, which are 59 items, and open them all up, log them, and then random the list. And you get whatever the randomizer says you get. So somebody will win and hit those autographed plates. The other thing that's out, and I'm hoping it comes today, I I do lose track of what I order sometimes. (laughs) I'm not going to pretend I know everything. But I try to keep it easy with my reps and my distributors. I say, I'll just take everything. Like literally, you don't have to just give me everything. So I think I have Leaf Ultimate Wrestling coming, which is from Leaf. And those are six cards per pack and they're all autographs.
1: I got the wrestling card guys who I'm engaging with. They go
0: nuts over the Leaf products. They love them. They love the look. We're going to be doing that. I'll probably do random hit there. And I, this is the product that I remember seeing something that this might be the last time in the last year that they do this Leaf Ultimate Wrestling. I don't know why, but I know I've seen something from Leaf that said, this is the last product of it that we're going to do. I don't know if it got too expensive. I don't know if licenses change. I don't know if it wasn't, you know, making money for them or whatever, but this might have to Google that, but I'm pretty sure this is the last offering for Ultimate Wrestling uh, from Leaf. So, You know, it's filling the void for people. I mean, it's it works both ways, right? If wrestling's kind of in a weird place, which by the way, I give them props like the NBA for keeping it going and doing what they do, especially AEW, keeping it engaging and exciting, it's filling the void. People still want to get their wrestling cards, you know, reminisce.
1: Yeah, and on the AEW front, I've it's amazing just what that organization has done in a little time and dynamite almost hit a million people watching it this wow. week. And it's, it's because it's, it's just amazing. It's kind of like reminds me of the NBA and adapting to the times. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just been unbelievable to watch. I've been so tuned into it, but I was listening to an interview with Tony Khan, the owner, and he was on Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, major wrestling figure podcast. They got an interview with him because Matt is now working at AEW, but they interviewed them about his childhood and toys and stuff. And they brought up inevitably cards and Tony, like, on the podcast, said yes, there will be AEW cards coming soon. So I don't Uh-oh. know who's going to get that license, but that's something that's going to be coming down the pipe.
0: Let me ask you this. If it came down to it, putting you on the spot, who do you think would do better with the license at this point for AEW? An independent, like startup kind of person, tops, Panini or Leaf, you know, upper deck, I don't know. Where do you think <laughs> that would go? <laughs>
1: that's a great question. So I got to be honest, if I'm thinking about a world where I can get, a freaking orange Cassidy silver prism <laughs> card. Like that, <laughs> that, that, yeah. that, that. That just like lit me up. Like so I lean right. towards I lean towards Panini because I collect more basketball and that, you know, but I think it'd be whoever gets it. I know on the wrestling figure side they went with Jazzwares, which is, you know, they do the Fortnite toys and now they got the UFC license, but I'm waiting for ringside collectibles to drop my unrivaled series one set of six, but AEW's got the toy. It's just a fun, that company, the way they're operating. And it's because, you know, they've got a a young guy. Yes. He's the son of, you know, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I listen to this guy talk and it's like, man, he sounds just like me. This is why I love it so much. So Mm -hmm. they've just got a good pulse on what's
0: going on. They do. It's, it's clearly obvious, (laughs) you know, and, and that's goes back to what we talked about in the beginning. Times change, right? So WWE and, ECW were experiencing massive growth, massive buzz, massive excitement. The talent was at their peak those days in the, in the attitude era. And then, so now, you know, somehow the ball was dropped a little bit over the years, meaning five, six, seven years, as far as finding the right talents, they did do NXT, which is good, but they should have Mm -hmm. focused on NXT years and years and years and years ago to be ready for now. When these other guys start getting older and retiring and leaving. And they missed the boat a little bit, but here comes AEW with the young whippersnappers, the the mindful people and the young bucks and those guys forward thinking and grassroots kind of stuff and tapping into those fans that are in their 20s right now that have grown up with wrestling, you know, when they are 12, 13, 14 years old, 10 years later, that's what the AEW is tapping into right now. And they're wise for doing that. And you can tell their team is just better. That's all it is. Their team is better. WWE, your team right now, it's not too good, man. You guys are missing something. (laughs) So, we're getting beat.
1: I I was actually thinking about AEW, why it's special in the run, and it's like, for people that are younger than me, like, who maybe watched Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, and now they're seeing Chris Jericho at AEW, like, Chris Jericho is a lot of people's, like, Ric Flair. Yeah, oh, for sure. But here's another example where... You got someone adapting. Chris Jericho never is comfortable with what he's doing. It's always on to the net. He's Le Champion right now. And now he's a little bit of the bubbly and he's always got the new catchphrase. And I think that's what's fun and special about the flexibility of them. And I'm excited, the potential of them getting some cards. Maybe, you know, I could talk to you forever, but maybe maybe we close <laughs> this out close this out this way. We before we jumped on, we talked a little bit about just like you mentioned it and it resonated when you said like the blue check mark and the blue check mark of people mm-hmm. are starting to get their eyes on the hobby and are interested. And when I say blue check mark, obviously it means on their social account, people with a following with an audience who have that blue check mark. What's your perspective on all of these people and all these walks of life who have a blue check mark who are entering the hobby? Is it a good thing? Like, what do you think?
0: Yes. The short answer is yes. It's a very good thing. I don't see any negativity about the industry of which you are in reaching mainstream potential. And that is what you want. You want that. So there's blue check marks out there, which are, like you said, verified Twitter handles, which means they probably have tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers. So the push of a button on a tweet makes a massive difference. It's happened to me. Jason Lockenfora has been buying in my breaks. I'm so excited about that. He loves baseball and he's a family man. And he has a blue check mark. And it took me a while to figure that out. One of my friends told me, but it's the reach that you want. And to answer your question, what I see happening are some of those people are going to start opening up stuff on their own Twitter feeds and consuming the product. A they're going to be buying it there. They're going to be spending that money to it's going to be driving the prices up though. That's the downside. That's the negative Nick version is that, Oh, all these people coming into the hobby. It's, it's making the prices go up on stuff. Well, Okay, it's called America, man. That's what happens. Like there's demand and there's only so much supply. So just embrace it. And if it realistically, man, if it's out of your price range, then it is. There's nothing you can do about that. Then maybe, and this is gonna razzle some cages, but then maybe you need to go get another job. Maybe you need to find something that allows you to afford some of this stuff. It's not an industry's job to keep stuff low so that you can afford it. It's If it goes up, man, it sucks. It does, but there's still always some other products that are available. Can't do anything about it. If you want a Range Rover, you better be able to afford it because there's not many of them made, especially black ones and black leather. There's only so many of those in a marketplace. So if you want one then you work hard, you save your money and you get it. If you can't, you can't run around crying all the time because you can't afford a Range Rover. That's just how it is. So I'm excited about it because it's just eyes on the hobby. And I think that's going to be a trend. We're going to see more and more of these blue check marks coming into the space.
1: I love that perspective. Yeah. And I think that's sound. And I agree. It's people are coming in more exposure. Get, there's a lot of different places that people can jump in and price points. It's just, you well, can't breaks help up. with that.
0: Breaking they sure do they the sure growth, do. the growth spurt of breaks in the past year or so, even pre- prior to the state we're in, it's because it lowers your entry price because a, a hobby box. Yes. I have guys who come in here and drop thousands of dollars on hobby boxes. They do in a week. That's what they do, but they probably have a higher paying job or they have savings or who knows what they did. Don't care. But if you want to get one of those hobby boxes, the average person's not going to be like, I'll take a $400 hobby box, but you can get into a $400 hobby box for, you know, 20 bucks or something, $15, take a shot, take that $100 budget you have for the week on cards that you would normally spend elsewhere. And, and, Mix it up and get in other break spots that are that are lower priced to stay inside the hobby. That's just what it is. That's just what it is. Or go to Target and fight other guys that are pack searching trying to get the cards. <laughs> is that a whole other podcast? There's
1: yes. I'm having to table everything for a whole. Well, well, <laughs> hey, next big AEW event. We'll we'll uh, we'll we'll get something together. Get back on talk cards, talk all these yes. topics. But this has been awesome. Definitely go check out. You can find him on twitter he's very very active at top shelf breaks what else we're top shelf uh, i would like
0: uh the, the shop I have two twitters i have top shelf breaks which is at top shelf breaks and then the shop is at top shelf cards 22 oh, i'm sorry top shelf yeah top shelf cards 22 that's the shop so you know we're opening this weekend for tops national baseball card day so you can follow me there go to topshelfbreaks.com that's where you see the breaks that we have available and I would be remiss if I didn't take this time to put a shout out and a thank you to my crew that helps me, Anthony and Tyson. They do a lot of behind the scenes stuff, Brett. Like, you know, when I'm busy throughout the day doing this kind of stuff or managing the shop or whatever, they'll put up the brakes for me. They'll check stuff. They help at night and chat. So I'm really appreciative to have that good crew and that good team that keeps Top Shelf Breaks running. It means a lot. And I thank you for them. And I'll probably send them a blaster box as a thank you. <laughs> <laughs> kidding I take care of them they're good dudes
1: that's it's always important to have yeah. a team around and thanks for having
0: me on man you got a good thing going too. I'll come on anytime with you like I said we could talk for six hours about wrestling sports business and uh, music we didn't even get the music but
1: I, I, had a, I had a story too that I thought about when I was on my run this morning Off to save it for next time
0: yeah we'll get it next time
1: all right man you take it easy and stay safe we'll talk I will to you Brett soon. thank you thank you Man, I'm so energized every time I talk with Chris. Hopefully you all enjoyed that. Make sure you follow Stacking Slabs across all your favorite social media channels. Hit that subscribe button. I do appreciate that. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Take care of others around you. Happy collecting. Happy investing. Talk to you soon.